and welcome to Wellbeing for Dog Groomers, the podcast. My name is Carla. I have been a dog groomer since 2014. Over time, be it before an exam, at the side of a competition ring or online, I have had many a quiet chat with fellow dog groomers who, like myself, struggle at times to balance life, work and maintaining a healthy well-being. My aim is to talk to both professional dog groomers and mental health professionals to help us understand what triggers stress and anxiety within our industry, why so many of us struggle with our mental health and what we can do to help ourselves. I also want to share stories and handy tips to make life in the salon easier. I am not a professional in mental health and I am not qualified or trained to give advice in this area. I am however interested in mental health and what effects our work can have on our well-being and finding ways to help. So, whether you are a brand new groomer or you have been at it for decades, whether you struggle with your mental health or work with a groomer who does, this podcast is for you. Hello and welcome to Wellbeing for Dog Groomers, the podcast. Firstly, well done to everyone who showed at Windsor this weekend. I know some of you went to watch as well, as Gary said that he bumped into some listeners, which is amazing. And well done to anyone who attended Master Groom on Sunday. I had a really good day and I saw lots of grooming friends. And I also wanted to mention that after talking to Zoe Joanna in episode 7, I tried doing the competition with cordless headphones listening to a podcast. It was actually How to Fail by Elizabeth Day, which is one of my new favourite podcasts that I'm now catching up with. Anyway, the idea was to help me block out all the background noise and distractions. And I have to say, it did really help. I wasn't turning around every time I heard another conversation. The music didn't overwhelm me, and I did find that I could concentrate better. So if you struggle with overwhelm and trying to concentrate at competitions, I highly recommend giving it a go. Back to today. In this interview, I'm talking to Angela Cayley, who runs the UK ICMG qualification. We discuss all aspects of grooming and the ups and downs and learn about ICMG and why that course helps set you up to overcome many of the challenges that we face in the salon. So without further ado, we're going to get straight to it because we talk all about her achievements throughout the interview. So here we go. Hi Angela, welcome to Wellbeing for Dog Rumours. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you Carla. Lovely to speak to you. You too, it's always a pleasure. So can we start by um, you just telling us a bit about yourself and the roles that you play in the grooming industry? Right, well, um, a little bit about myself. I've been in the (laughs) grooming industry for, I suppose now, getting on for 60 something years. Wow, so you really know the grooming industry. (laughs) Yeah, I groomed for 54 years, then I retired. But of course, I've taken on ICMG, and that's very involved. And it's lovely for me because although I'm not still grooming, I'm still helping with the industry. Yeah, so you definitely help a lot of people and you get to see what's going on and you still get to go to the competitions. I try and keep current, and I think that's important. Yes, because I actually messaged you the other day and then you wrote back that evening and said, oh, sorry, it's taken me so long to reply. I've been at a, I've been at a breed seminar. And I was like, wow, like you've <laughs> been in the industry all these years and you're still going out to learn yeah. all the time. Yes, brilliant. Carla, you never stop learning, have I? No. Or you shouldn't. And I think when you stop learning, that's when you sort of switch off, isn't it? Yeah. If you love your job, and I think most of us do, Yes. Um, 
it's just a lovely thing to do to keep learning and you know finding out what the newest things are keeping current yeah and could you tell us about um some of your proudest moments from your time in the industry well uh from the point of view of competing which i used to do a lot of mm-hmm. um i guess winning groomer of the year in 1989 was uh, a very proud moment I, yeah. I, I worked hard for it and i loved competing i am very competitive by nature <laughs> yes. as if you didn't and, know <laughs> yeah and what, what breeds did you what breeds did you actually groom We had to groom three breeds, three stages. I did a hand strip fox terrier. Yeah. I did a a cocker spaniel, which at the time was not hand stripped. Okay. Um, You had to do a clipped gun dog. Yeah. And I did a standard poodle that was presented to me at the final to groom and I'd never seen it before. Oh, blimey. And and that's how it used to work. You know, you went through two heats and then the final and all your points were added. So it showed you were an all-round groomer. And would you know that you was going to get a poodle at the end or was it a surprise breed? Well, I knew I would get a poodle because I'd done the other two. You could do it in any order. If okay. I had a poodle first, I'd yeah. have probably ended up with a, a hand strip or something. So, okay, you know, that's, it, quite, that's quite a pressure actually to go and was, have to it, groom two or yeah. three breeds. Yes, it was. It was. But uh, when I was young, it wasn't pressure. I just loved it. Bring it on, you know. Yeah. That's a really good outlook to have because a yeah. lot of people worry about going with just one breed. I mean, I know that when I go competing, I think, I've got to think about this and I've got to think about this and I've got to think about this. And to do three, that's that's amazing. The the other thing that was I, I was proud of, I went best in show at Eurogroom with an American cocker that was loaned to me. Um, he was a champion American. Wow. In fact, I think he was at the time top winning American Cocker. That's amazing. And then, of course, I won in America and France. And yeah, it's, it's a good time for me because I was young. Fortunately, my kids didn't mind being carted around the world, <laughs> nor did Ian. <laughs> yeah, Ian's so good. Still, he still comes with me to dog shows and things, even though he's bored out of his brain. <laughs> So could you tell us a bit about why you decided to take on the role of running ICMG here in the UK and what it is about the qualification that you like? Well, first of all, I brought it over because I had done it myself 20-something years previous. Okay. Previously, because um, at the time we had no city and guilds and I wanted to teach. And I felt if I was going to teach, I should have some form of qualification. I did the teaching qualification um, at college one day a week. But then we went, my sister Linda and I both went off to New York and did our ICMG. Yeah. What was the equivalent of it at the time and brought it back here um, some 20 odd years after that. Okay. Because we were asked by several people if we would start an exam. 
if right. we were to write an exam and I really liked the way ICMG worked and, and its principles. So we went over to Philadelphia and spoke to the lady who actually is the head of ICMG, or she's wow. the head of IPG, Linda Easton, and we brought it back. But I run it for England or for the UK. It's Although yeah. it's an American exam, we've adjusted it. I did it because there were no comparisons in the UK, there was nothing except sitting guilds. And I believe by doing it, it's improved other exams because yeah. complacency can yeah. come into being. And I think if you've got a little bit of competition does no harm. No, it doesn't. I, I, I have every every um, respect for sitting guilds. Yeah, and was you one of, one of the people that helped start sitting guilds originally help set it up and help. I was an examiner for quite a few years yeah and I mean I I really like I've done both qualifications but yeah. I mean ICMG I really liked because it really introduces you to all of the breeds when you yeah. go through and do your final paper some breeds that you don't get to see very often in the salon and then one day they might walk in and it's just good to have that little bit of knowledge at least to come Absolutely. across like you, you know what you're talking about and I mean I've got a few rare breeds today I did a Logotto um, oh, right. I've got yeah. two Irish Terriers on my books I've got you know all the regular ones but occasionally you do get these these slightly rarer ones and I think yeah. for the owners to hear you spout out just a bit of knowledge about Absolutely. them or... yeah, and you know where to look if you don't know yes because that every groomer doing their ICMT has a kennel club breed standard book yeah and uh, yeah. It, so it, yeah it's a really good exam it goes further into dog grooming rather than just making the dog look pretty yeah it, it covers quite a few aspects like um first aid mm -hmm. the groomer's body yeah there are things in the books that help you take care of yourself and I wish I'd known that years ago believe me because I've got a very bad back these yeah days. I mean I was very fortunate to have teachers that sort of beat it into me in college which which was very helpful because as because I was obviously trained as a dancer you you have to learn how to hold yourself in certain ways so being yes. quite disciplined with that is something that sort of came naturally came naturally once it was drilled in but you do have to have it drummed in at the beginning to Absolutely. be aware of what you're doing wrong don't you the other thing that I like is it it does teach you how to adapt grooms to the dog that you're working on as well. Oh, absolutely. We always say it's sort of like tailoring a suit of clothes to fit the dog, not yeah. one size fits all. So you have to learn to look at the dog and say, well, it's a bit long in the back or straight in the stifle. How yeah. can I improve that? And they're just little tricks, little simple things, but they make the dog look more balanced and therefore nicer. And before I did ICMG, I didn't honestly know anything about those sorts of tricks and little um, sort of, you know, ways that you can shorten dogs up or make yeah. the legs look tall, look longer or, yeah. you know, make the neck look longer. There's lots of little tricks and tips that you learn along the way. And also, what, what you said about, like, you always know where to look with um, with breeds. Like, ICMG does have quite a lot of members who have obviously got dogs and 
they do show and they're experts in their own breeds. So it kind of brings that kind of brings me on to yeah. my next question, um, which is basically the members of ICMG often refer to each other as the ICMG family. Now, we support each other on Facebook. Um, you've held many retreats over the time that I've, I've been a member. And you do really take care of your members in like a motherly kind of way. So why is it important to you to create such like a family-like bond within, within the group? Well, there's an old saying, no one understands a groomer like another groomer. And... Uh, having that understanding and hopefully caring about our fellow groomers you know if we don't the industry won't last no we we have to care and help each other um that's why we've set up a facebook group to do just that yeah um there's no bitching no nastiness on there at all it's really no. helpful and I think if you have enough care about you when you are helping other groomers, not looking to line your own pockets or help yourself, mm -hmm. you feed more into the industry. And, you know, I know it's an old cliche, but you have to pay back what you've yeah. taken. Gary always says that about showing, actually, as well. He said that... yeah. He you take a lot throughout your time you, you spend a lot of time working hard and progressing yourself forward but also it is really important to think about other people and I actually think sometimes helping other people makes you feel good as well sometimes of course like, it does there's there's of, of course the generosity side of it but sometimes just doing something to help someone yeah. else for nothing it, well, it can brighten your day up in itself can't it exactly and and you know the generosity comes into it we've set up a a groomer support fund for mm -hmm. members. Yeah. So if any of our members are falling on very hard times or they're sick or they need something, we mm -hmm. try and be there to help them. Fellow groomers get put money into it. You know, although we set it up, it's, it's there ready for who needs it when they need it. It's you groomers that uh, will that will help other people. I think if we can show that we care. And we are, we do care. Yeah, people will be happier to be part of our family. Yeah, that's it. And so, everyone helps each other. So absolutely. Yeah, I remember when I was doing it. I mean, I I got a lot of help off Paula about the Bedlingtons. Oh, Lindsay yeah. helps me with Bichons when I was doing my toy. I mean, Kirsty and Fee all helped me with poodles. There was, you know, there was always someone to turn to. I mean, how often do I message you over time? I remember. Darling, you know, you are always welcome. As anyone, any person, whether they're a member or not. Yeah. Are very welcome to us. No, I always time. get a reply as well. I always get a reply and it always answers what I need to know. So, um, no, it's really handy. And like I say, if, if, if breeds turn up in the salon that you don't know anything about, someone who's a member will either be a breed person or know a breed person yeah. and it's it saved my bacon several times <laughs> <laughs> How <am I> gonna, <laughs> let me tell you because you can't know everything and no. sometimes i've asked other breed specialists about what do you think about this how how can i help this person yeah and yeah so it's it, it's a shared knowledge 
it's a lovely little network to be a part of definitely yeah if anybody wants to join our group it's uh, it's a facebook group called icmg uk yeah and they're very welcome to join and as long as they're really well behaved yeah, we don't, take, right don't take any rubbish, do we? Because <laughs> I can be nice, but I can be horrible as well. <laughs> as long as they join for the right reasons, they're really welcome and we'll always help people, member yeah. or not, you know? Yeah, no, that's absolutely great. And so you, like we said earlier, you was one of the one of the first UK groomers to compete in America. You pushed for the CEN Guild exam to begin. You brought ICMG to the UK. What what is it that keeps you so passionate about the industry and keep pushing it forward to be um, the best it can be? I suppose again a cliche. I love the industry. Yeah, I I started. Much to my, well, I'd say my mother's disgust. <laughs> because <laughs> I did an art it. degree, but I was all the time, I was moonlighting and doing dog grooming. <laughs> I can and, imagine that. <laughs> and, you know, when I said, I left college and said, right, mum, I am now going to be a dog groomer. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't go down too well. Um, you'll never make a living, you know, you'll, but I did. Yeah, and as the old saying goes, you go to work if you love your job. It's never a job. It's never a never work. It's yeah. all pleasure. And there were days when I thought, oh, I hate dogs. Yeah, <laughs> but it didn't last more than a few hours. Yeah, it's a lovely industry to be in. It's your passion, and you just, I suppose, you just yeah. want to keep it going and keep sharing that knowledge. And yeah, absolutely brilliant. No, that's a really lovely answer. And so what are some of the biggest improvements that you've seen happening in, in our industry? Well, standards, grooming standards are so much higher than when I was competing. I look at it now and I think, oh, my goodness, generally the things that have really pushed our industry forward are people improving all the time. And it's yeah. what happen, isn't it? That That is the way life is it starts at one end and goes up to the other end the grooming industry has improved tremendously from the actual trimming point of view plus equipment yeah and I was grooming I don't want to sound like I lived in a loaf of bread in the middle of road or whatever it was (laughs) but we had like a a table along the wall and Mm -hmm. a dryer that was like a candle in the wind. There was no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we just things didn't have equipment. On. Now look at it. Yeah, things come on so much since I've been grooming. I mean, of course, things are coming out almost monthly, aren't they? New, new ways to do this, new gadgets and it, for that. And it's fabulous. You know, I so envy young groomers, and nobody should ever end up with a bad back now, or or bad wrists or bad hands. The scissors that come out now are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, incidentally, we were the first people to bring the Japanese short shank scissors over to this country. Blimey. I didn't because know that. Before then, they had the long shanks and the short blades in there. Oh, no. <laughs> Not good <laughs> you, for people like us with small hands. <laughs> yeah. But you see, this is the thing. The industry is moving forward and it's a very exciting time. Yeah. People coming into the industry particularly. Well, there's so much choice, isn't there? Absolutely. 
it's um sort of go to one stand and you've got this this and this so then you've got a different version on another stand and then it's just endless isn't it you can spend yeah. i mean groom fest is coming up in september so i mean it's going to be like walking around a treasure trove isn't it? i know <laughs> hold me back somebody and I don't even groom dogs for a living anymore <laughs> That's, Paula said the same she said oh I look at things and I think I don't need that because I don't even do that but I want to buy it anyway <laughs> I know oh, so when you first started as a groomer what did you find most difficult about the job and what do you think people find most difficult now well I'll tell you what I definitely I found most difficult was scissoring okay because I had nobody to teach me yeah I was going to say that shocks me because I've seen you scissor and I didn't think well, you'd ever find that I, difficult. I, I, I retaught myself um I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on, on here but I scissored for many years using my index finger and my thumb and my friends from America said to me how do you groom like that <laughs> your grooming technique is yeah, you can say you can swear as well. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought I've got to learn, I've got to change it. Yeah. And I did. But like I said, when I started, there were no grooming schools. No. Nobody taught you to groom. You just bought some clippers and scissors and hoped you were doing it right. It was the most difficult without yeah. that. And what do you think your members now find most difficult? Coping with business. Yeah. I there's a lot a lot of stress put on people. They may be artistic, they may love grooming, but you know, if I'd had to run my business, fortunately I'm married to an accountant. Brilliant. <laughs> I'm not sure I could have done it, you know. Um so there are places you can learn, there are there are um groups you can go and I, I believe. Um to to learn your business acumen yeah so if you if you haven't got it it's hard it can be hard. Learn it. don't yeah. put yourself under pressure of not understanding taxation and you know it's yeah. just not worth it there's so many people you can go and get advice from now I mean you've got like the internet at your fingertips to find all sorts of people to help in your area but for some reason we all think we should be doing it ourselves and and carry it don't we so you can't because you, you know you work hard all day you're physically exhausted if not mentally exhausted yeah who wants to sit down and start doing books no no and in all honesty mine have been sitting there and just piling up since January I still need to sit down and do them at some point because I do I mean I do all mine but it like you say it's a massive stress if you're not that way minded I mean I I almost have to wait right to the last minute so I've got the pressure of having to do it but that's not a healthy way of that's not a healthy way of doing it no it's not and uh I think uh there are Horses for courses, as they say. If, you, if you're a good dog groomer, let someone else do your books. Deal with the the business side of it if you can. Yeah, it's not possible for everybody to, but if if you're not sure, go and learn. You know. And so, what do you think um, is the biggest setback for us in the industry, and what can we do to improve? Well, I think. Oh dear, one of the biggest setbacks is Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, no, I, I actually agree with you. 
we all use it and and it but it can be very destructive mm-hmm. um like i say people put pictures of their dogs up and they've groomed some of them are adjusted mm-hmm. i use the word very light it's some of those so blatantly adjusted right okay um and it it gives people the feeling they can't live up to those standards it's the same as people putting selfies on of themselves yeah really are you know and and it's it's not good especially when they put them through these apps that change your cheekbones and change lips and it's like you say it's one of the things where if you look at facebook you're gonna think oh wow yeah i can't do that look look at her lifestyle look at her lifestyle look at what she's done you know we all have bad days yeah of course Um, you know uh, but i think that is probably one of the worst things yeah yeah not the worst thing yeah i think it's very sort of um there's two ends to facebook it can connect people beautifully so make brilliant connections get help get advice get all sorts of things from the right people if you know who the people are um it can also fill you with a lot of stuff that is complete gibberish that actually you know is bad advice or like you say you can look at it and think oh i wish i was doing that i wish i looked like that i wish i could groom like that there's so many aspects of either end you know good bad good yeah and and i think most people are intelligent enough to take it with a pinch of salt but Mm. um if you're having a bad day if you're having a bad day you're feeling down about yourself is why we set one of the reasons we set up the icmg group yeah people can come on there and feel safe yes yeah you can yeah there are no enhanced pictures on there you know there, there's people that genuinely want to help like yourself you're fabulous on there you're always putting stuff on <laughs> think, oh good old Carla she goes again well, I've had a lot of help over time. Off other you have I mean, I remember it's... when I started ICMG, I didn't know what any of the terminology was for the dogs. I didn't know the points of the dogs. I didn't know a lot about confirmation. I didn't know a lot about a lot of things. And there was an awful lot of people on that group who put a lot of time and effort into commenting back to my questions that might have appeared a bit silly at the time or putting effort into make, you know, sending me yeah. a message or giving me a call to say, look, let me help you out of this because you obviously want to do it and you're struggling. So... Like, I know you've always said, like you say, you've got to give back. And like, you know, I, sometimes I put more quizzes on there than other times. Sometimes, you know, life gets busy. But then sometimes, go on, why not? Give people a hand. You know, exactly. that's what ICMG is about, in my opinion. It is. Yeah, absolutely it is. And I hope people will feel they can come onto the group, even if they don't want to do their qualifications. We yeah. welcome them anyway. Yeah, you can take something from a lot of the posts on there that people put up. So, no, I recommend that people do join, definitely. In your opinion, what is it about our industry that you think impacts on our mental health the most? Lack of business acumen. Um, that we've said already. Sometimes, it's the other thing I was going to say, going to seminars and watching absolutely top experts to a beautiful dog and then you go home and think "Mm, I don't have a beautiful dog to groom so perhaps um keeping things a little less um 
highbrow would be better. I think that's good advice. What do you do to relax and switch your brain off? And um, what makes you forget about work? Well, I show um, dogs. I have lots of fun with them. um, We go off to shows and we win some and we lose some, but it's all good fun. But that that is my main relaxation. Yeah, and it's nice to have that as a hobby, to travel around the country and, yeah. and show show them off. And it, do you think that more groomers should um, try the hand at showing or at least get along to watch shows? I think that's a really good point, Carla. Go to shows, if, but go try and go to a championship show. If, yeah. you, if you're looking to improve your terriers... Go on Terrier Day. If you're hoping to improve your Bichons, go on Toy Day, etc. Have a look. You could always ask, are there any dog shows? Ask on on our ICMG group, are there any dog shows coming up? What are the dates? Where are they? Mm -hmm. Yes, you may have to travel, but it could be a day well spent. And, of course, there's craft. Where if you go around the um, go around the ring, they usually have shops, small shops, on behalf of that breed. Yeah, so I've seen that. I've seen it actually next to the Airedales. They have lots of like different paddle brushes to use on the jacket and exactly. different combs that won't break the hair. Or yeah, and they, and they often have how to groom that breed notes on how mm-hmm. to groom that breed correctly which you know they, they give them away free yeah and people are always happy to help aren't they i mean um, i know when i did icmg i used to take my breed standard book to a dog show sit at the side of the ring and try and figure out the points of the dogs that i wanted to to remember and people are delighted to see that you're doing that hmm. the only time they probably won't want to help is if they're getting ready to go in the ring yes yeah well there's definitely from, a place and a time yeah <laughs> Uh, apart from that, it's a wonderful place to learn. Yeah. And Cross is pretty central to most people, isn't it? So that, yeah. that's a good one to go to. That's in March, yeah. um, around the 10th, 11th of March, some t- something like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, go to shows, go and listen and learn. And that's how I learned. It's how a lot of people learn. I think yeah. if you look at a lot of, well, some of the, the groomers that do um, place highly at the competitions and some of the people who you would go to um, for advice about a particular breed, they know that breed because they've been showing the breed and they've, exactly. they've spent a lot of time around the right people who have the right knowledge. Yeah, I think it's a massive benefit to groomers to get, get to yeah. dog shows. And you yeah. never stop learning about it. I mean, I recently went to a, a talk on Scotty's Scotty confirmation and grooming and I do it all the time yeah I'll go and listen to people and learn and you know it, it's it adds to your knowledge and your confidence yeah no I definitely think especially keep learning as well keeps you keeps you engaged doesn't it I think yeah, it keeps that, it, that passion going um, I suppose exactly. it's so easy to get stagnant so <laughs> so when you're tired and you're fed up and you've had a day you've been pooed on yeah and scratched by a Wednesday <laughs> or down your arms <laughs> <laughs> we've all had them days go and have a large gin and tonic and forget dog grooming <laughs>
<laughs> I remember you telling me that once actually when I was going to take one of my exams I had a cockapoo I don't know if you remember a blonde cockapoo yeah. and I rang you up the night before going Angela it had grass seeds the vet shaved two of his feet off what am I gonna do <laughs> oh, and yeah. I remember what you said to me you said oh if if it's got two feet left then I can still judge it if I can judge a three-legged poodle I think I could judge a cockapoo with two that... shaved feet now go and have yourself a gin and pull <laughs> yourself together I did yeah I remember that Carla that and I remember a, I think... the three-legged poodle as well <laughs> yeah. well that's the thing another thing about ICMG if people are worried about starting you, you can turn up with a pet as long as you can put the best groom that you can on that dog as long as it represents that breed yes um, i think the, un the only time we expect a higher standard is in masters yes yes of course and yeah although you can bring a pet dog we like to see it groomed as near to breed standard as is possible yeah um, and that's the thing people have trouble getting dogs with coat on so i remember i actually had to offer um i offered free baths to all of my icmg dogs for weeks and weeks and weeks in the run-up to it so the owners didn't have to do all the yeah. brushing out um, and they didn't have to put the extra work in because that was my exam and I wanted to use the dog so exactly. you sort of swap swap talents really they yeah. get a nice nicely groomed dog and I get a dog to pass my exactly. exam so, it's not yeah. hard to get a decent dog as long as you right. work with the owner and if somebody came along and they've got a lump missing out the front leg or hair missing off the top of the eyes because the owner had cut it we'd say well okay we can work with that yeah 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 it's, it's very helpful it's very um it's very good for someone to come along who is like slightly a bit nervous or a bit worried it's such a well welcoming exam to to go into I mean yeah yeah it's lovely and of course afterwards we go over the dog and explain where they could improve it and uh what they've done that's good so yeah. they get really good feedback, which I think is vital. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's the most valuable part of an exam, I think. Well, it has been really nice speaking to you today, Angela. Thank oh, you so much for coming and having a chat with me. Lovely speaking to you always, Carla. You're a great, uh, a great advocate for dog grooming. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> great. Well, um, thank you very much and I'll see you soon. Lovely. Look forward to it. You take care. Look forward to seeing all of you. What a fabulous interview. Angela's passion to continue to learn and keep expanding her knowledge throughout her time grooming is remarkable and an inspiration. Her passion to share knowledge is so infectious. ICMG is such a supportive exam to work through and I can't count the times that I've had help while revising or preparing for an exam. You can look up ICMG on the Facebook page ICMG UK or on the website. And if you are revising for an ICMG master's exam, you can type Carla in the ICMG group search bar and all of the quizzes or mock questions that I've posted over the years will pop up. Next week, I'm really looking forward to interviewing vet and groomer Sophie Bell. We will discuss accidents and health problems that can occur with dogs in the salon, how to cope with summer heat and all that comes with it, and how to think straight in an emergency. So for now, have a brilliant weekend and I'll be back next week. In the meantime, follow Wellbeing for Dog Groomers, the podcast on Facebook and rate and follow it wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Cheerio.